Welcome to Sugar Pills, a practical guide to self-care, where your host, writer, actor, and producer Candy Washington helps you live a more joyful life with a cheeky dash of pop culture news. Be sure to subscribe, leave a five-star review, and join the conversation on Instagram at Candy Washington. Let's go. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Sugar Pills, a practical guide to self-care. As always, I am your host, Candy Washington, and I cannot wait to help you lead a more joyful life. But before we dive into today's episode, which is how to turn self-love into couple goal goals, well, rather, power couple goals, don't forget to check out the description box below, or you can pick up some one-on-one coaching. You can join our VIP Facebook group. You can get our self-love journal, the Art of Self-Love Masterclass. There's just so many things down there. There's free stuff, courses, books, all of it. So check it out below before we dive in. And don't forget to subscribe to this channel, like the video, and share this with a friend because your journey to self-love is always better with a little bit of support. So with that, let's dive in. So how do you turn self-love into power couple goals? So what I mean by that is how do you take the loving relationship that you have with yourself and use those same tools and translate it into a healthy and thriving romantic relationship? That is what I mean by that. That's what I mean by power couple goals. You know, hashtag power couple, that's all great and fun and you know, watching all the cool couples. But what I really mean is, how do you take a loving relationship to yourself and then use that to create a healthy and thriving and happy and committed romantic relationship with your partner? I'm going to tell you how. The first is, the first self-love thing is to commit to being the highest version of yourself. That means seeing yourself through a lens of love, of grace, of compassion, of giving yourself the benefit of the doubt that you are stepping into the highest version of yourself. Take that same concept and apply it to your partner. (coughs) Sorry, guys. One sec. Take that same concept and apply it to your partner. See your partner through the lens of love, of grace, of forgiveness, and compassion. A lot of times in our relationships, we default to thinking and seeing the worst in our partner. Oh, he must, he's, he hasn't called me back. He hasn't texted me back. He must be cheating. Or, you know, um, he's not doing this, this, and this. It must mean that. Or she's doing this, this, and this. It must mean that. Or that's just how he always is. That's how she always is. I knew I couldn't trust you. I knew this, this, right? Sometimes we default to thinking the worst and seeing the worst because it's a defense mechanism. We're trying to protect ourselves from being hurt. So if the worst actually is, it's like, see, I told you, I knew it, you know, all of that stuff. You're really just trying to protect yourself from getting hurt because there's a part of you that believes you don't deserve good or bad things always happen to you, or your relationships never work out, or people always leave, or people always cheat, right? So you're really trying to protect yourself. But what you're actually doing is sabotaging the relationship. Because you don't expect the best, you don't see your partner in the best, so then you don't get the best, right? 
But if you learn to see your partner through the lens of love, of grace, of benefit of the doubt, of forgiveness, of having the default be expecting the best out of your partner, then that's cultivating a loving relationship. You know, for example, if you expect that your partner is honest, if you expect that your partner is faithful, if you respect your partner, if you trust your partner, then that gives your partner the incentive not to lose your trust and not to lose your love. And then they're going to want to show up and meet the vision that you have of them. And don't get this confused when people say, oh, well, you know, I see the potential in him. I see the potential in her. I'm not saying that. I'm not talking about seeing the potential in someone and they're not showing they're not there yet. I'm talking about seeing the the highest version of that person. And those are two different things. Potentiality and the highest version are two different things. Like say someone, you're like, wow, well, you know, he has the potential to make a lot of money or he has the potential to be faithful or he has the potential to be this amazing person or she, you know, he, she, they, whatever. That's one thing. That's more wishful thinking. That is more wanting to change someone. That is more settling. When I say see your partner as the highest version of themselves, what I mean is don't default to them not being trustworthy, them not being there for you, them not being faithful, them being X, Y, and Z. Don't default to the lowest version of them. Default to the highest version of them. The same way you should do for yourself. Assume the best of yourself want to be the highest version of yourself, right? And then do the same for your partner. Because when you view someone through a lens of love and compassion, you experience them differently. And most importantly, they experience you differently. Try it. Try showing your partner appreciation and defaulting to seeing the best in them. And they will work harder to continue to earn and not lose your love, respect, and trust. The next is seek support. As we learn to love ourselves, a big part of that is knowing that we are worthy and deserving of support. Whether it's support of your friends, whether it's support in therapy, whether it's a group support, a community, right? Seek support. That is one true tenement of self-love. You are worthy and deserving of support. You don't have to do everything by yourself. You don't have to have all of the answers. You don't have to figure everything out. You don't have to carry the load. You don't have to be strong. You can relax. You can let go. You can share your burden. You can get support. So as you are building your relationship, also seek report within your relationship. Oftentimes people get premarital counseling. But if you're getting premarital counseling, it's too late. And I'll tell you why it's too late. You've already decided this is the person that you're married, that you're marrying, right? You're already, usually when people do premarital counseling, they're engaged and planning the wedding. But before you get to the point of planning the wedding and getting engaged, you should know whether or not this person is actually compatible for you and whether or not you're in a healthy, sustainable relationship. 
So if the invitations are already out, if you already are engaged and you're already planning the wedding and now all of a sudden you're like, well, let's just check premarital, premarital counseling off the list, it's too late. I think couples should get counseling, whether it's, you know, group counseling, individual counseling, support, whatever, before there is an engagement, before anything goes wrong, before you're married years down the line and now you're doing couples therapy as a last ditch effort before you file the divorce papers, right? It's almost like a technicality. You got to check off, you went to counseling. Oh, we did everything we could check it off, right? Usually when people seek support, it's already too late. You've already said yes, or you're already about to file divorce papers. When I say seek support, I mean foundationally. Learn how to communicate. Learn how to unpack your stuff. Learn each other's love languages. Learn each other's, you know, sexual preferences and exploring, you know. Become the, the highest version of yourselves together before it gets bad or before backing out looks too big. Don't seek support only when you think you have to or something's really bad or it's checking off a box. Get those foundational tools now. You know, being able to have healthy communication within a relationship isn't something that you're born with. Sure, some people are born with great communication skills. Sure. But it's usually a skill that is learned. It's taught. People learn it through behaviors. People learn it through family, society, all of that stuff. But communication, it's a skill, right? That's why it's called a skill because you can learn it. You can teach it. You can finesse it. You can get better at it. So if you think that this is someone you, will, you could spend your, the rest of your life with or this is your partner, try and get some help and support before. Get those foundational stuff down so the foundation of your relationship is strong. So you have that support. You have that community. You have that objective person that you can go to so that you're consciously building a healthy relationship. It shouldn't be, oh, I have the ring. Now let's do premarital counseling. Because what if you get into premarital counseling and you realize, whoa, 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 we got a lot of problems here. And then it's, you can do it, but once the ring is on, once you've told everybody, it's a lot harder. And I'm not saying you shouldn't, because I don't think you should ever get married or do anything like that if it's not right for you. But just to be realistic and honest, it's a lot harder to back out of an engagement than it is just out of a relationship. So get that foundational support early so that, you're, that you and your relationship have the tools to build a healthy relationship. Before it gets to, we're about to get divorced. Before it gets to, they're cheating. Before it gets to, well, we're getting married in two weeks and we just need to check the box off that we did premarital counseling, right? Get that support early on. The next is shift your mindset, your mindset and perspective from, are we going to get through this to how are we going to get through this? And that's the same way you should look at yourself and your relationship. So when something happens in your life, right, like you, you have a crisis or something goes wrong or just anything that's a tough moment, having a mindset of self-love is 
not am I going to get through this? Am I going to find a way? Is this going to work out? But it's how am I going to get through this? I know I'm going to get through this. I actually don't even might not even know how, but I know that I will. Right? It's a resiliency. It's a persistence. It's a knowing. It's a commitment. So when you are rooted in self-love, you might have storms, things may happen, but you never give up on you. And that's how you should approach your relationship too. It's not, are we going to get through this, but how are we going to get through this? But I also want to preface that with, if it's a big thing (laughs) that is a non-negotiable or it is really bad, don't use this as an excuse to stay when you know you should leave. So that's not what I'm talking about. This mindset shift of how are we going to get through this is not a way to justify any type of abuse or anything along that. So I want to be very clear that if there's something really going on and you need to get out, get out. Don't say, oh, how are we going to get through this and use that as an excuse to stay in something that's fundamentally unhealthy. That's not what I mean. I mean, in general, you know, relationships can have ups and downs. Things can happen. So instead of just bailing at the first sign of something not working out or bailing at the first sign of things not going your way or something happening, have the mindset of how are we going to get through this? How can we find a solution? How can we find ourselves back to ourselves? You know, how can we get through this? Rather than are we going to get through it or bailing? That's what I mean. Couples who are truly committed to each other don't think, will we get through this? But when, right? Have that level of commitment to yourself and to your relationship. The next is take ownership and responsibility. So again, when we're rooted in self-love, we own our role in our lives. We own our own happiness. We own our actions. We own who we are and how we show up, the good, the bad, the otherwise, the light and the dark, right? We own ourselves. We don't blame, we don't criticize, we don't fault, but we take responsibility and we take ownership. We should do the same things in our relationships. It's not always the other person that takes two to tango. So when you're having difficulties or things are going on, how do you take responsibility for your side of the street? How do you take responsibility of the role that you played? And not just when things are bad, but what about when things are good too? You know, how do you take responsibility and ownership when things are going good? How do you celebrate yourself within the relationship? How do you celebrate your partner within the relationship? So taking ownership and responsibility for the good and the bad, for the role you played, and for the role you allowed your partner to play as well. It's not about criticizing. It's not about faulting. It's about taking ownership because when you take ownership and responsibility, you empower yourself to either create more if it's good or to change it if it's bad. But you cannot be empowered in a relationship if you don't feel like you have any responsibility or ownership in it. So don't become a victim and don't give away your power. Take ownership and responsibility of who you are and how you show up. And then you empower yourself to either create more love and joy or to change it if it's not love and joy and happiness. The next is never stop 
choosing and dating yourself. I don't mean selfish in the derogatory sense. It's not choosing yourself to the detriment of somebody else. But don't lose your identity of who you are in your relationships. Because remember, when you're rooted in self-love, you know that your well-being, how you feel, is your best and most important priority. Taking care of yourself is important. It's a priority, and and you matter, and you're valuable, and you're worthy. You know that. So take that same sense of self-love in your relationship. Don't devalue or dismiss who you are, your individuality, your independence. But since you're in a relationship, you want it to be interdependent, not dependent, (laughs) but interdependent so you can rely on each other. But you still have your sense of self. You still know that you are worthy and that you are valuable. You still know that you are a whole person in the context of a relationship. You're not half a person. You're still you. And a part of your self-love journey is choosing yourself. Yes, in relationships, there will be compromise. But there should not be sacrifice. Compromise is when you compromise on preferences. You know, a sacrifice is when you sacrifice a value or a standard. If you value stability... And your partner doesn't if and your partner doesn't want to work and that creates instability, that's a sacrifice. If you value stability and your partner wants to work remotely, but you maybe not really want him to work remotely, but you allow it anyway, that's a compromise. So get clear on who you are. Get clear on what your standards and values are and know the difference between a value and a standard and a preference. So that way you don't sacrifice what you want, what you need, who you are, and who you be in the name of compromising for your relationship. There are two different things. So never stop choosing yourself. And the moment you stop choosing yourself, That will breed resentment, guilt, and blame, hostility, and tension, and passive aggressiveness within your relationship. Everything I've given up for you. Everything that I do for you. You don't do anything for me. You don't give up anything for me, right? Still have healthy boundaries. Still choose yourself. Still know who you are within the context of your relationship. And that's how you have a healthy dynamic with your partner. That's how you show up fully and they can show up fully and you can create a partnership. The next is have a self-care routine for your relationship. So like we have our own self-care routines, right, where we can go for a jog, we can journal, we can meditate, we can seek support, we can go in nature, we can do whatever. We can take a spa day, we can relax, sing, be creative, you know, all of the things that we do to take care of ourselves. Have a self-care routine for your relationships. How many times do you hear a couple say, we don't talk anymore, we don't date anymore, 
we don't really know who each other's are anymore. We're, we're more like roommates than, you know, romantic partners. It's because they stopped taking care of their relationship. So have a self-care plan for your relationship. Have date nights on the calendar where it's just the two of you. You know, maybe when you do dinner, you, you one, one of your rules is put the phone away, put the work down, be present and talk. Maybe it's having a nighttime routine. You know, I love you, baby. I love you too. And you go to bed and you never go to bed without saying I love you. You never wake up without saying I love you, good morning, or whatever it is. Have little things in place that maintain the love and the connection in your relationship. Don't stop talking to each other. Don't stop dating each other. Don't stop doing the sweet little things, you know? No, babe, I took the the trash out today. Babe, I I washed the dishes for you today. Oh, I may do your favorite lunch just because. You know, let's let's make sure we, we clear our calendars on Sunday so we can spend the day together. Let's take that class. Let's take that trip. Let's try that new thing. Have a self care routine in place to keep the health of your relationship to keep the the spark and the thrive in your relationship, right? Care about your relationship. Love yourself and your partner enough to be mindful of the state of your relationship. The same way you do with your own well-being. When you need to take time for yourself, when you need to rest and reset, when you need to do you, when you need to do whatever, use that same time and care for your relationship as well. So there you have it. That is how you turn self-love into power couple goals. So if you have any questions, you can just comment or DM or whatever you need. And if you need some more support, just check out everything in the description box in the show notes. We have courses and books in our VIP Facebook group. And don't forget to subscribe to the channel, like this video, and share, 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 share. Until next time, everybody, I love you and take care of yourself each other. Bye. Welcome to Sugar Pills, a practical guide to self-care, where your host, writer, actor, and producer Candy Washington helps you live a more joyful life with a cheeky dash of pop culture news. Be sure to subscribe, leave a five-star review, and join the conversation on Instagram at Candy Washington. Let's go.